Good morning. Dave and Doreen along with Marcus. Welcome to Super Bowl Week 2024. Good morning, KLH. Time to talk with our Green and Gold Insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year and co-host of Wilde and Tausch on ESPN Wisconsin. Jason Wilde joins us now. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? Great. How's everybody today? We're good. good. We're good. Uh, did you hear about the Packer fan who actually applied for the defensive coordinator job with Mark Murphy? I did see this. Um, I love the ingenuity of the fan mm-hmm. applying and the joke with their uh, fantasy football experience. Right. Again, I, I guess I have a slightly different standard. I, I respect Mark going for the joke. He does fancy himself, in my opinion, as a uh, comedian, amateur comedian. Okay. Well, uh, can I can I just read real quickly for the listeners what he wrote? Absolutely. He wrote this back to the guy who did apply for the defensive coordinator job. Thank you so much for your cover letter and resume regarding our defensive coordinator position. This is from Mark Murphy. While your fantasy football experience is impressive, I regret to inform you that we've decided to go in a different direction. I hear the Bears have an opening. You look to be a perfect fit for them. Thanks again. <laughs> Mark Murphy. Very funny. Yeah. Very funny. He's a, but he's a funny guy. You know what? The problem was the fan went for the big job. Yeah. And I'm referring to, wasn't it John Schneider, the general manager of the Seattle Seahawks, the reason he got a job with the Packers is because didn't he, like, write a letter to Ron Wolf? Yes, multiple letters, mm-hmm. like, okay. annoyingly. Uh, and John Schneider is a Super Bowl-winning general manager with the Seahawks, uh, also a good friend of mine. And I, I just, you know, he and I are roughly the same age. He kind of came up through the scouting side at the same time as I was coming up as a reporter. And, uh, frankly, you know, his family still lives here. Uh, he Grew up in De Pere. I think uh, if he was being honest, and obviously he had a ton of success in Seattle, and now uh, they have a new head coach. He's not in the shadow of uh, Pete Carroll. Carroll anymore, but I think he would have loved uh, to have uh, continued his career in Green Bay and maybe be in the spot that, that Goody is now. But yes, that is how he got his start. He got an internship by annoying Ron Wolf with his constant letter writing. Hey, speaking of uh, the guy who beat out the fantasy football guy for the defensive coordinator job, Jeff Halfley, I'm sure he spent the weekend decorating his new office. Do we know if he's going to bring in his own staff from Boston College, or will he incorporate the defensive coaches that are already there? Yeah, good question, Marcus. Uh, I don't know if it'll be guys from Boston College that he'll be bringing with him, but it would appear that they're going to start, if not from scratch, at least in part, from scratch uh, on a bunch of defensive positions. What's interesting is the last time they changed defensive coordinators, when they went from Mike Pettin to Joe Barry, they didn't change any position coaches on that side of the ball. Everyone kept their jobs, and and Joe Barry just came in and taught them the different defense that he wanted to run as opposed to what Pettin had run. And uh, this time around, I know Jerry Montgomery, their defensive line coach, who's been here for almost a decade, uh, and whose daughter is a really, really good athlete. So there are some of us whose daughters have faced her that are not extremely sad that he <laughs> might be moving on just because it helps <laughs> our children in those matchups. <laughs> but um, uh, he, he's not going to be back. I think there's some others that aren't going to be back as well. I did talk to someone yesterday um, or text with someone yesterday. 
I know they're bringing in uh, a guy named Sean Mannion to help coach the quarterbacks, but I was told that Tom Clements, who will be 71 this season, uh, is coming back for another year to coach quarterbacks, which I think is awesome. Here's a guy who coached Favre, coached Rodgers, and I think has done a heck of a lot to help Jordan Love's progress. So that's a little tidbit that I think is pretty cool. Jason, I just want to know, are any of the Packers, or in, do they go to the Super Bowl? Do they want to just go as fans, or are they like, nah, not interested? Well, yes and no. Um, I think what a lot of them do, or maybe not a lot of them, and certainly not uh, at this point in many of their careers because they've got so many young guys, um, but there's a lot of corporate-related opportunity to uh, make some make some money. So, like... I just remember when the Packers played in Super Bowl 45 in Dallas, and I'm not a big radio roll guy. Like I just I don't. It's a, it's a just chaos type scene there. Mm-hmm. But I remember like interviewing when we would do the show there. Um, Miss America came through, which I, I, uh, that was not my best interview, and not because I was like nervous. It was just not that interesting. Mm-hmm. I love those answers that you get, like how she's going to solve world hunger and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then there were a couple of other players like James Laurinaitis, who, if you don't know who that is, that's okay. But his dad was like a famous wrestler. He was part of a tag team that I'm sure Marcus knows, but I don't. He was one of the Road Warriors. There you go. See, mm-hmm. I knew I could count on you, Marcus. Yeah. And so there's a lot of guys that aren't playing in the game that are there doing interviews or okay. doing – I remember Brett Favre one year. I was in Houston. The Packers weren't playing in it, but it was after 4th and 26, and Favre accepted an award called the Snickers Hungriest Player, <laughs> uh, which was the first time he talked after the 4th and 26 game. Mm-hmm. So I was really glad I was there. So. If if they're going there and they have some opportunities to make some money, there'll be there'll be guys there. But beyond right. that, no, most of them don't go as fans. All right. What was your biggest takeaway from Goody's press conference? Whew, there were a lot, right? And mm-hmm. and I, you know, I I think first of all how definitively he spoke about Aaron Jones coming back uh, and Jair Alexander not getting traded, and then on the flip side, how I don't want to say wishy washy, but certainly not nearly as definitive about David Bakhtiari's future in Green Bay. I thought that made it pretty clear that uh, David's almost certainly gone and those other two guys will be back. But the one thing that I thought was interesting, and and I do think that they're, you know, they're Super Bowl contenders. I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl next year, but uh, they certainly got on a very hot streak, and they're capable of that, and Jordan Love's really good, it would appear. But I thought it was interesting that when they were 2-5, and five, and he traded away Rasul Douglas, and they got booed off the field against the Vikings, that there was a shift, he said, to not focus on the outcome, and that the focus was on, you know, little victories, he said. like Almost like they were like a Pop Warner team, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, crazy for a guy to admit that during an NFL season, they weren't focused on the outcomes. And the fact that it worked is great, but I think that kind of underscores the idea that not even they knew how good Jordan Love was going to become in such a short time, and not even they knew that this team was going to be capable of being two wins away uh, from being in the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's that's the margin for error in this league. It is razor thin between playing next Sunday and being at home and 
uh, I just thought that that was really interesting that he acknowledged basically, you know, things were so bad that we just said, hey, let's stop focusing on winning and losing and let's focus on making improvements. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, seventh grade girls basketball (laughs) coaches talk about, Uh not normally NFL coaches. Jason, by 2025, the NFL could play up to eight international games a year, which basically would require half the league's teams to play internationally every year. What is the NFL's end game with this international play? Do you envision a day where they're looking to see a a European division compete, or is it just a matter of trying to get the rest of the world interested in the NFL? What's the end game? No, I think it's both, and it's a really good question. I Look, they, there's been talk about the idea, right, of having a London franchise. They think that that would be viable in terms of the level of interest in Europe. But, you know, and, and look, I still can't believe the Packers did this, and not just because it completely screwed up the Wildey family plans to go to Europe. But la- last season, in 2022, you know, they play in England, and the Packers turned down the bye week. They decide instead that they want to take the bye week later in the season. Uh, after that, Matt LaFleur admits he screwed that up. He should have taken the bye week. But that's a really that that's not that's not easy travel, right? And so and, and Matt LaFleur definitely did not embrace the idea of playing in Europe either, which I think would also be a problem for a lot of coaches. But they basically I don't want to say torpedoed their season, but Rogers breaks his thumb in that game against the Giants. And then they come home and they get whooped up on at home uh, by the Jets. And I think that it's a big ask for teams to be able to travel to London and then come back and play the next week. The Packers did it and it didn't work very well. So if you have a team based in London, the logistics of making it equitable for teams coming from America to go play in those games is challenging. So that's why when you say a European division, that's what would make more sense, right? Mm-hmm. If they were able to get to that point. Now, I don't know if that'll happen in our lifetimes. I don't know how far down the road they plan on it. But if you notice, too, like on the flip side across the pond over here, you know, NBC has put a lot into its ability to carry the Premier League games. You know, it's one of the reasons why I think they've had success with Peacock is they stream a lot of games on there to get people to sign up for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would be curious just how fervent the interest is in Germany and England. I know they're going to play one in what in Brazil, Brazil coming yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm I'm really curious to see how tenable it is. But I don't think it's anywhere close that it's going to happen in like the next five years or anything. All right, Jason, thank you for the insight. On Thursday, we'll talk about the big game, the Super Bowl, coming up this weekend. Is that this weekend? Yeah, that's what I've so. I've heard. And I I've heard one of the play, one of the players is dating a really popular personality. I'm not really Miley sure. Miley Cyrus? I haven't heard this. No, I haven't heard the Miley Cyrus one. Josh oh, Allen did not make the Super Bowl. You know what? We'll look into it. <laughs> and we'll get back to you on Thursday. We'll get back. All right. All right, everybody. Take care. Be good. You too. Jason Wildey, our Green and Gold Insider, three time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co host of Wildey and Tausch on ESPN Wisconsin, and brought to you by Mr. Holland's Home Services. Call Mr. Holland's, 866-992-1717, or mrhollandshomeservices.com.